Hi, friends, and welcome to season two of the Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker podcast. I am Debbie, your host, and the creator of what I believe is a sacred space in which I have conversations with individuals from all sectors who are dedicated to elevating consciousness around different aspects of life. With a background in ghostwriting and editing books, content development, and medical journalism, as well as many other side jobs, and several years' experience working for the international nonprofit called the Kabbalah Center, I bring you enlightening conversations with people whose work, knowledge, energy, and insight have helped me open my mind and perspective, alchemize perceived negative situations, live in a healthier body, and experience the world in a deeper, more wondrous way on a daily basis. I also desire to share energy and wisdom that I received from my spiritual teacher, Karen Berg, who was the founder and spiritual director of the Kabbalah Center until her passing in 2020. My aim is that you, the listener, are able to receive what you need to create new possibilities and find greater levels of expansion in your health, relationships, and business. It is my honor to connect with you and be a part of your process. I believe that we are here to support each other on our earthly journey, and I also believe that life's challenges are most effectively tackled from the inside out. Each episode of my show presents another way to do that. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting, and for being with me. I hope you enjoy. Hi guys, welcome to today's Cosmic Chat with Debbie Sugarbaker. I am so excited to be here with you today. I'm going to be bringing on Rachel Madar, who is a Kabbalah instructor. She's a CBT therapist. She's a practitioner of many healing modalities, and um, she's a certified life coach. She's an incredible individual, an incredible soul who's going to share with us some things that she's noticed after working with so many individuals from many different backgrounds. She's found that there are a few key things that can really help you to become empowered in your life and really connect and feel that energy of your soul and connect with your true purpose. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome to today's Cosmic Chat. Today I have Rachel Madar. I know that she's also had like a radio show in Israel. And so she's dedicated her life to helping people to live from their soul and connect from their soul and really find the strength that's and the courage and many other things. So thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah. So Rachel, how did you become this ninja? How did you get into your work? Hey, there's a whole process when a person is going through from the time that there's an awakening, I like really help people thinking like there's something else in this world rather than just the daily thing that we were doing. And this would happen to me when I was 25, 26. I came to United States when I was 20. Immigrant thought of like making my dream come true in a sense of materialism, like having business and creating more abundance to myself. When I reached 26, when I've completed all my dreams at for that time i felt okay that's it this is what we have to do this is what's left to do in this world just like really running around your tail creating more money 
and more abundance, which I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but I'm saying it's not the only thing. An awakening of, of a desire to get to know what else in this world, what can I do more? I was searching and simultaneously I was studying and reading a lot of books. We probably heard of some of those books, like The Alchemist was like my favorite. I remember I was reading it in one day in a weekend in Vegas, <laughs> where I used to go a lot of then back then, dancing and partying. But it was like during that day, that weekend, that I read that book and many other books as well. And from that point on, that started to awaken a different thought, or, or as we call it Kabbalistically, a different level of consciousness, like that started to be awakened. And by that, what can I bring to the world? So I was looking into the UN, thought I'm going to be like ambassador of the UN. I was starting to search and I got involved in a foundation at that time uh, at that time and I'm saying like tomorrow I'm 49 so it's like <laughs> all those years like this one is at a time I was searching for I was involved in a foundation called Feed the Children mm-hmm. and I thought I'm gonna, literally going to feed the children mm-hmm. in Africa and that then came through as I thought and it was okay it was like really donation at that time for, for the kids and I came across a book by Rav Berg the founder of the Kabbalah Center, together with his wife, Karen Berg, that was one of my teachers. And one sentence out of that particular book like make, made sense at that, that time. And it was that the purpose and of the wisdom of Kabbalah and the purpose of, of the center existence in, in the world is to remove chaos from the world. No idea. That sentence really made it all for me, made the whole difference. So I searched for where, what is the Kabbalah Center and what is this wisdom? And interesting enough that even though i originally from Israel, I've never heard of it in Israel. And I grew up in a traditional Moroccan family. The book of the Zohar, which is the main script of the Kabbalistic wisdom, I grew up with, and I never heard of the word Kabbalah. Kabbalah in Hebrew means to to receive and there's a whole interpretation and explanation about this it's really what we desire in our life and how we get fulfillment and and how we direct our desire from becoming a desire what we call it this for the self alone but to desire to share but that particular sentence from the from Rothberg book made a difference for me and I started to search I came across some more books. And of course, when you open yourself up, when we ask the universe for help, the fulfillment is right there. So surprisingly, not coincident, I start to meet people that were students at the center or, or know more about the Kabbalah Center and so forth. And this is how I came and got introduced to the classes, to the knowledge. And it's over 23 years now that I've been a student and involved as teaching and passing this knowledge and practical tool to as many people as I can in the world. And uh, it's exciting. So this is how I started. (laughs) A few things stuck out is that you had this feeling like you were awakened to, and I can relate to it because I was 22 and I was in England and I remember walking in the park Mm -hmm. telling my friends saying, I want to go and travel. I want to feed people. I feel like I wanted to give something in that way. And obviously my 
path took a little bit different turn, but it's interesting how our soul kind of knows things. And it's, it's a good thing to remember because sometimes when we're in the immediate now, everything can seem really confusing. But if you look back to those moments and you say like, wow, even in that moment, my soul knew that I was going to be on a path of elevating consciousness, of really trying to help people and connect people with something bigger. It's like your soul already knew that. So comforting to know. It's true that the soul knows everything. And before I came on to, with you to this live, I opened the Zohar, as I mentioned, the ancient script. And I opened randomly. I Normally I do that. I take with me. I'm opening randomly to, to get connected to the frequency of the universe and to, to see what it can be a message for me even. And it's interesting we're speaking about it because what I was reading right before that there is time for everything. The universe has created everything perfectly in a sense of there's time for the sun to shine and the moon to share his light. There's time for everything. And also in our process, in our spiritual process, and there's a period of time, there's a growth. Some people will call it a challenge. But when we look back, we see that all those were stepping stones to really assist us and help us to grow more in a sense of revealing more of our own potential on our own life, the way we call it. So the awakening of someone to do something that is greater than him, it doesn't have to be in a particular time, 13 or 40. Some people say, oh, 40, we have like some sort of awakening. No, it can be also in 26, it can be in 22. It depends where the, the process of the soul, the level that now it's the time that I can do much more than just looking at myself or taking care of my thing. And there are many stories, like there are people who awaken and even at the age of 60, there's like an awakening and someone says, I wish I knew this information before. And there are people, kids that already have this drop of an idea. Oh, there is something else that I can do. I can, I can lead or I can, I can share. At least I can share. The thing is, we never know what we, we're going to be. You uh, share that I am CBT uh, practitioner and a coach, and I'm a mediator, and I developed a Kabbalistic healing, I never knew that I would be doing what I'm doing right now. It wasn't my intention. Um, But the intention is that I want to share. And this this is how how it started, and this is where I'm at. And we never know what will be tomorrow, as long as our intention is to be aligned with what we call the creator or the universe or the light, making sure that we are here to do everything that we can to share our light. Also making sure that we care for that soul, that being, doesn't mean that we completely neglect ourselves and live like a life of of giving up themselves completely. Obviously, you can do more the more that you can take care of yourself if you have more resources. Absolutely. It has to become a hand in hand. It's like the whole body, mind, and soul connection. It's very, very important. One of the main topics uh, that is being shared in a very uh, spiritual modality is unconditional love, right? What does it really mean to be unconditional love? So there are different interpretations, right? But the main thing is like that I will share and give from my time, from my knowledge, from my money, from my love, from everything without any judgment, without any barrier, no limitation. And it's amazing to reach that level. But in order to reach that level it has to start from the seed <clears throat> and there is an ancient Kabbalist his name is Rav Ashlag which is the founder of the Kabbalah Center in 1922 and there's a there's a lesson by him 
and he was asking his student, what is the seed level if we would like to plant an apple tree and to get apples as the fruit? So what is the seed? Everyone answers, of course, of course apple seed. You plant apples, you get apple seeds and everything. Like so then he was asking, okay, so if the fruit is unconditional love, what is the seed level that someone needs to plant in order to have unconditional love? So based on the, the last example, they will say, and everyone answers in all the classes I'm asking, unconditional love. So Rav like say, no, the seed level for unconditional love is, he's using a very rough word, egoism. Egoism translated to self-love. When someone loves himself so much, and there is this awakening of the of the soul, like you shared in 22, for me in 26, other people in another age, that so there's an awakening at that point. How can I, all this love that I have within me, my body is full. I'm fulfilled. If I'm fulfilled, I want to share. When a person is jumping in the in the development process to straight to unconditional love, always be a situation when someone will pay attention like, yeah, I'm giving to this person, but hey, that person can give more. Or I'm sharing this, but that person may have uh, more. Like we always will see the lack when we are not having self-love. So the process of growth and development that I share with my student and the way I do my session is first going through a process of forgiveness, which I'll explain soon the second stage is to get into a place of like redefining who i am identity exercise then we go and work working on self-love because there's a phrase kabbalistic phrase that it says and it's in hebrew and it's like you cannot give something that you don't have so but it's in a spiritual sense okay in a spiritual sense and it's related to self-love when you love yourself enough you are able to share love, to see the good within other people. And it's like less and less seeing what's wrong rather than seeing what is good. This is basically the process. So imagine like a group of people, I wish the whole world, this is the mission, right? But even a group of people that will love themselves so much, they don't see what they're missing. They will stop comparing themselves to other people. The only thing that they can compare themselves is to themselves, to the light that they can still bring to the world. And as we said, to the light of the creator, this is our only comparison that we have. That is the, the main mission in our, in our development of spirituality. Hi guys, I'm quickly interrupting this episode to let you know that you can now support the Cosmic Chats on Patreon. Check out my page, Debbie Sugarbaker Cosmic Chats, and feel free to become a monthly donor. We so appreciate it, and it helps us to keep this show going, to get this information, this wisdom, this energy out there on the waves and touching hearts and souls like yours. Thank you so much in advance and enjoy the rest of the episode. So beautiful. It's kind of like a lens that self-love like cleanses your lens that you see the world and other people through so you can see them through love. We just did another interview with someone and we were talking about shame and how shame can so deeply 
color your lens because it makes you feel that you are wrong or you are bad or worthless. And then you tend to see that in other people, see the lack in other people, or you allow yourself to get mistreated and you would actually attract those situations where you get mistreated or abused or whatever because of that that deep shame. So it's such a beautiful work that you're doing. And it's it's so important because there's so much healing that we all need to do on those levels. And it's interesting that you mentioned shame because I've been investigating a little bit more about this, the shame and the guilt. And there's a, I have like, I have it printed in front of me. It's interesting. Like I printed a, an article from my healthline.com about how to stop feeling guilty. And it's, we may feel guilty about different things that we didn't set boundaries or even the fact that I'm just relaxing. I can feel guilty because I have so many things to do and so many they might do, right? Or we feel guilty about different things that we have created in the past. But one of the things that we do not know that sometimes like guilt can even help us. It's a positive attribute that is coming is to, to really acknowledge our actions and to fuel us with motivation to improve our behavior. The reason I'm sharing this is because every feeling that we have, we may feel jealousy, we may feel fear, we may feel anger. Yeah, there are maybe negative connotation to all of those uh, if we are putting them into that interpretation. Mm. But there are also the other side of the coin. The other side of the coin, that the reason that they're coming into our life, they really help us as a motivator, whether to look inside, whether to create something else. Guilt may help us feel guilt and then shame, make us feel even magnifying um, to magnify the situation and to see, okay, how can I bring healing into this? Every one of them is a call for healing in some way, healing on some level. Okay, I'm being awakened here to heal something in myself. And one interpretation, for example, that I heard about envy, which is from like another program that's amazing, I think, is they say like, if you see somebody who has something, it's because your own soul has a version of that for itself. It's not what that person has, but they're, they're like a, because the world's like a mirror, they're mirroring to you something that you can build for yourself in your own way, because none of us can really be compared anyway. Each one of us is completely unique. We have a completely different mission, each individual soul. We may have missions that are aligned, but we're only going to feel the real fulfillment if it's authentic to us. We don't really want what that person has. We want our own version of that. Absolutely. And, and you know, as time goes by and we have more of a social media, right, we can use it in a, in a positive way, as we're doing right now, to share information with people and to hear from people. Or we can use it to compare ourselves to others, what they have and what I don't have. And then it's bring the jealousy up. Jealousy, by the way, the first emotion that to exist from time of creation, um, Kabbalistically speaking, mm-hmm. right? We're speaking about the vessel and we speak about the light. The light is the, the universal energy that we all uh, know maybe to be called as God or Chi or Creator. We use the word light. And there's the vessel. The vessel is, is the sum of all the soul that exists in the world. And we also use the vessel. We understand the vessel is our own desire. So from, from time of creation, the, the essence of the creator is to share. The essence of the vessel is to receive. Coming from the word Kabbalah, I mentioned at the beginning, to receive. So the, the relationship between the light and the vessel has been like so that the light provided everything or fulfilled all the desires of the vessel. 
till it reached the point that the vessel, us, wanted to become like the creator. We also wanted to share. Remember this awakening of desire to share. It happened before the time of creation. So Kabbalistically, we know that the world has been created due to that request of the vessel, of really share, of the, so no problem, let's create for you a world where you as a soul will be able to impact, where you're able to share. So when we go back to envy or jealousy, it was the first emotion that was created is mm-hmm. the jealousy. Jealousy of the vessel, I want also to be like the creator. I want to create, I want to share, I want to be. I don't want to only take, take, take. And that was the positive aspect of it because it manifested a new reality where the vessel, us, can share. So going back from the time of creation to our life, every time we have may feel envy of someone else, we need to remember the positive aspect of it, as you mentioned, is our soul is really what our soul wants we have our own vessel let's say and let's say i'm envying you and this is your vessel so basically what i want is i want your vessel to be so the original desire is that i want to have like a larger vessel like much more like a desire of creation so the original intention is like i want to be bigger i want to share more i want to be doing more i want to express more of myself so the original intention is amazing unfortunately it's starting to be negative when we uh, allow that emotion to to really troll us in, in sadness or in fear and, and so forth. It gets taken to the negative side rather yes. than being an expansive. And then who we are, it's like actually shrinking us because we're going into why they have more than me and so forth. And we need to pay attention all the time because what we have left is a free will in this world in every given moment we have free will whether i'm going to be behaving in this way or i'm going to be having in this way right. i'm going to be connected to to the darkness side of the situation yes a lot of trauma happening with people a lot of challenges but how am i using this for healing as you said how am i using this to awaken more self-love and see the positivity in what that came into my life life and that I can transform it in order to share. Yeah, that's why it's so important. Always remember that we have that soul because if you have sometimes if you're like attacked by all of these, I've been there, attacked by all of these negative emotions, it's like you completely forget that you have this soul and everything without that concept of the soul, the world seems like very doggy dog survival. And you kind of feel like you don't have any grounding. But if you continually build the a relationship to or a consciousness that there's something bigger than me. There's a part of me that's always connected, that is always safe, that is always secure. And if I can develop my relationship to that part of myself, then I can draw on that in the moments that I don't, because a lot of those emotions, they make us feel very unsafe, fearful, insecure. And that's when we can kind of like start, we like fumble around in the dark looking for something to feel better and then, you know, it can kind of spiral downwards. And this is the second ex- the stage when we might have my session with people is like really working on the identity. When we are an- acknowledging who we are with everything that we have accomplished in our life and the good thing, because our intention is always to see what's wrong and not just necessarily what's wrong with other people, but mainly with us. So if we'll ask our, our audience, 
like give me five things that, that are considered to be bad about you or negative attributes that you have, it will be very fast. People will say very fast, right? Uh, when I'll ask, give me at least two attributes, two good things about you. Share with me two good things about you. Most of the time, it's very difficult for people to say, to share. So it's easier for us to see what's wrong because we feel that if we acknowledge what is needed to be fixed, so let's focus on what needs to be fixed. And at the same time, we are diminishing the good within us. So we're not able to see the good. So the identity exercise I do is to awaken the good and to acknowledge the good. So a person will be able to see his soul connection attribute to the light, like how what is the intention of the light or the creator or the universe from the beginning to your to your soul journey? Be able to see the good within you without asking other people. There is no need to ask other people. We're going through a process of diving from inside and bringing into manifestation, even writing some sentences that at the end, you will be able to see a short paragraph that describe who you are. And when and someone reads this to himself and says, wow, it's true. It's true. I'm good. I'm courageous. I stood up where I stand up for myself whenever I need. I love myself. And this is like awakening even deeper understanding of someone's identity without the need of searching for other people's approval. And that's the beginning. Obviously, everything is in its time. Right. But I remember when I was like, 16, 17, 18, and I said, like, I need to find out who am I, who am I, and it was like this search and this of, of trying to figure out, and I had all these experiences, and I ended up going far, and I think that I did discover different layers of my soul eventually, but yeah, I think that this is also very important for that age range as well, I mean, for all of us at any time. This is very important, and this is why I'm also involved with the Kabbalah Center in a in a project teaching from five-year-old to 18-year-olds by the mm -hmm. age group, the same Kabbalistic principle contact to really awaken more self-awareness and confidence and, and uh, to know who you are and love yourself. And at the same time, to be in a place of sharing. I'm privileged to be part of that project with many other beautiful teachers. And we just started, like January, we're going to have like uh, a whole global Zoom Kabbalah classes for teen and preteens and beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. Beautiful. So if anybody's interested in that, you can reach out to Rachel and she can give you the Absolutely. contact Absolutely. The information on how to get if you know kids that want to be in that. Um, and we have locally in some in some centers in New York and Los Angeles, we have it locally. Amazing. As well. Yeah, so I, I love the idea of identity. So do you help people connect with their own attributes? It's interesting because I just recently heard a podcast that really struck me and she was talking about identifying with the soul and how the soul is always completely respectable because respect is kind of like a big, big one. A lot of us don't necessarily have that full sense of self-respect. And so we end up getting into these situations. So she said, you know, just remembering that if I'm completely respected respectable and respecting, how would I behave in this situation? I probably wouldn't take something so personally. I wouldn't react in the same way. And it's like just that switch of who am I identifying with in this moment? Am I going to identify with the ego or do I remember that I have this soul that is completely respectable 
and respecting and how is it going to behave? You know what comes to me? Throughout the Kabbalistic wisdom, the main tool I can share, one of the main tools are the Hebrew letters. Mm -hmm. The Hebrew letters have been, from beginning of time, been used as there are not just symbols, but they are energy tools help us to transform from one level of consciousness to another. Before it has been formed as a language, each one there is a each letter has a very specific, unique understanding. What's the energy behind it? Why it's been written in that way? What type of energy we, it can help us to draw into our life? and so forth. So when you mention respect, the first thing that always comes to me is how you say and write and what are the letters that form in the word respect in Hebrew and what does it mean? So in the Zohar, it's mentioned that respect is kavod, okay? Numerical value of the word kavod is lev, which is heart. Mm. So when we connect to respect yourself, respect your soul, obviously respecting others, it's automatically connected to your heart. It's like awakening of your heart. Now, it's not something that it's logical. It's not that we are chasing respect uh, that people, right? But it's rather like when we are connected through our heart and awakening the kindness within and compassion to ourselves and to others, we are getting the, the understanding of what is our soul even more and so respecting that's like you're bringing it into this reality in a much exactly visceral way not just in the mind which may help you to behave differently like i i said like in that situation but to really feel it to really experience it that i i have this soul and that is my true identity exactly and when someone knows his true identity also understand like when we speak about the vessel um or maybe it's like the vessel and also, it's like who we are, right? We can reach a place where uh, we already know what type of, even our surrounding, like what can we be positive for us to be around and whatnot. And when some people speak or use certain words that are not aligned with who we are, or it may, because we respect our soul, right? Uh, we will know how to turn it off in our mind or to how we consciously choose to be connected to it or not. So the whole process of acknowledging who we are, going through the process of identity, going through a process of self-love, is really to be in a place where anything that will come to us during the day, because we have so many situations coming to us during the day, how we're reacting to it, and we're, we're willing to be in a place where it's like an energy type of a thing, or it's we're going to empower. I need to back up slightly because I know that the first step that you mentioned was forgiveness and you right. take people through a process of forgiveness. Why is it important that we live in the now, you know, look forward, True. but then we realize, okay, we have all these traumas and situations that are kind of coloring our lens. How does forgiveness help us to clear that lens or how does it benefit individuals as you've seen working with probably thousands of people? Because forgiveness, and I go back to the Hebrew letter, mm -hmm. <laughs> forgiveness in Hebrew is slicha, come from the root letters samech lamet which are numerical value 98. And why am I saying this? Because the same, there's another word with the same numerical value, which is tzach, it's, which means it's deep, deep cleansing. When we look at forgiveness in the eyes, the Kabbalistic lenses, is really the process 
purpose of cleansing our vessel from people and situations that uh, we allow them to control us in our life. Okay, so we going through different things in our life. <clears throat> Each one of us going through different, much more traumatic thing, less traumatic, but it's not really about the level of the trauma experience. It's really, there can be a situation in our life. I had a session last week with someone that I was sharing with her that I see her as a, a child in the park at the age of five. And that moment, she created a, a certain belief system from that moment on. And she decided something. So we explore that even more. And basically, it was a situation where she was playing with the kids in the park. And her, the kids were saying things towards her. And she expected her father to protect her, or to fight her fight or say something. But the father didn't do anything. So from her five-year-old lenses, expecting her father figure to mm-hmm. protect her. And from her point of view, he didn't. She already like said from that point on, their relationship were completely damaged and it was really growing apart. And we know that from five-year-old, when someone is making a decision like that, and we all have different decisions slash belief system that we're creating, mm-hmm. we are putting ourselves into a path of different movies that we we bring on that are not intended for us, okay? Originally, our soul journey was not supposed to be planned to go into that path, but we're creating more and more belief system. So if it's like the relationship with the father and later on how I'm relating to other men in my life and intimacy later on and love and expressing feeling and expressing my voice, she didn't feel that she expressed. And now she's 40 years old. So now we're working, going back and working on, on the forgiveness process. And the forgiveness, again, it's not requesting from someone to say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. or I apologize. This is, we, we do not need. Forgiveness, again, is the cleansing of those stories that are not going to be controlling us anymore. They're not forming who we are. They're not us. So to leave the situation, it occur. We acknowledge that. We heal that process and we see that it's not controlling us anymore and we'll leave it there and moving forward so 40 years old how we detach in that story from our life that doesn't control us anymore and then she can probably bring in new situations this is so incredibly powerful because i think especially around relationships i mean most of life is relationships right but we kind of yeah you can see oh i have the same pattern going on every single situation it kind of winds up in a similar way so what was the original uh, misstep that i exactly. system that i need to correct and can i if i correct even there's no need to correct just that when we acknowledge right. it and we say now we look at it back and we say okay that was my my inner child or my child lenses and that was situation that Maybe other kids would feel the same, but they will not express themselves or behave like right. so, right? So we heal that process with forgiveness. And the power of forgiveness is really to separate who I really am from that point, right? Exactly. And the thing is how we uh, react to it, Yeah. how we react to it. So everything can be fixed. 
everything can be fixed. Everything can be fixed. Corrections and forgiveness (laughs) and releasing. Everything can be fixed. As long as the light is on, everything can be fixed. I just wanted to briefly interrupt this episode to remind you that you can find all of my cosmic chats with video on my IGTV handle at Debbie Sugarbee. That's at D-E-B-B-I-E-S-U-G-A-R-B. There, you can also find a link in my bio to support my work or to sign up for a one-on-one Theta Healing session with me. I've dealt with this with myself and I've heard other people go through it. They're like, well, I've forgiven my parents for this. Or I've forgiven for yeah. that. So it's hard to know, like, did we really forgive? Okay. Did I not forgive? But I love your approach that it's about cleaning ourselves of that yeah. initial misinterpretation of the situation. And you actually present tools that allow people to do that. Yeah. Capitalistically, we understand that when we hold grudge, Again, uh, uh, towards people, and that this affecting different situation in my life that I wish that they will happen, and, and we don't understand why I have blockage. We may have blockage in business, in relationships, in different areas in our life, and we don't understand why. We're trying so many things. We go to so many workshops we do so many exercises we speak with people to really help us but I found that when we start with the forgiveness exercise that I do is really by detaching the control over that the person or the situation over me and it doesn't control me anymore we become freer than this so we are no limitless that energetically start to open other gates and we see it like so kind of black and white it's like do forgiveness something else happened and most people don't connect the gates that are open to them the opportunities that are coming to them with a forgiveness exercise this way i always do reflections it's okay tell share with me what happened to you in the last couple weeks for example so i see that and, and we see, you see, this is the opening of the gate. Now we're ready to do the identity process. So I work with them on the identity process where a person knows who they are. Imagine, like, I see this uh, beautiful woman and man, like, really just walking in the street, like, straight. So I know what I bring to the table. So if someone will come to me and tell me, listen, you, uh, you've done this, you like this, you so-and-so. Because we are reaching a level of of certainty, and we become center in a way, right? We are standing tall, I, I, spiritually speaking, and also physically. We take what other people tell us with understanding that it may reflect, be a reflection of them on me. Maybe something that it's it's them, not me. I'm still opening to change. I'm still opening to hear what they have to say. Look inside. But I'm not taking it as anymore, or other people, yeah, that we talk. I'm not taking it as anymore as something that is wrong about me. Because we're all coming from a search and desire to get approval. So if I'm, I'm not seeking for approval, I understand, okay, that person said something. Okay, maybe he has an opinion about me because he knows me for 20 years, for example. Or maybe it's a 
family member that they know me since I'm a child. So in their view, I'm the, still the youngest child rather than the 40, 30-year-old person that went through X amount of things in my life already. So the identity exercises bring us, and this is what the purpose of the Kabbalistic wisdom is to come to a place where we find in our inner tranquility. And there are many ways we can reach that, the exercise I've developed, but also with other tools that I'm using. And one of the main tools that I'm using is, the, is called the 72 names of, of God. Those are 72 combinations of Hebrew letters. Each combination has a, a three-letter combination. These are tools to help us, again, to transform from one consciousness to another. But more than that, each one of us has their personal 72-name combination associated with a person's birthday. And when someone is, is for reading with me, we're looking through the personal 72-name and we can see. What are your attributes? What are the things that we need to pay attention to, to awaken more of the gifts? And I would say like what the universe wants me to see. So if I saw that particular situation of the person, five-year-old, we speak about this and other situations that's coming up. But I look at it as the compass of our soul, like to really understand, okay, this is a tool that I can use on a daily to help me to connect even more with the self-love with who I am and how I can shine my light to the world. I was thinking to bring an example for this week because every week also has the correspondent 72 name. And it happened to be my 72 name also because it's tomorrow. So it's Nun Yutaf. Nun Yutaf is a combination that most people are scared when they connect with this combination, try to understand what it is. The main interpretation as we can see it, you can find it in, there's a 72 name of God book, application, cards that we can play with and, and different things. But the main interpretation of Nun Yuta, for example, is death of death. So when people are reading this and maybe there's someone that his or her personal name is Nun Yuta, they say, oh my God, what does it mean, death of death? How death is associated with me? So... When we'll do the reading, we'll figure it out. But it's more than that. Because, for example, Nun Yutaf, the death of death is, what is the opposite of death is life. So we have this opportunity to connect with choosing life. And what does it mean to choose life? Because when we speak about death, it doesn't mean death of a body. It can be also a dead end. When someone is reaching a point where they don't have a solution to a certain situation, you've tried everything. And what we do when we try everything and we, we applied all the, the information that we have and uh, exercising all the tools that we have to fix something. When we reach our that effort, point, our spiritual effort, mm -hmm. physical, yeah, effort, physical, everything. Yeah. Everything, like let's say you need even money for business and you approached everyone, you, you made application for loans, whatever it is, like even that situation, I'm not talking just only spiritual, every aspect in a physical life. The first thing that most people will do is surrender. Even if you believe in God, you don't believe in God, whatever you, you surrender yourself to the universe and say, okay, I've tried it all. I don't know what to do. I don't know. We ask him, help me. And in that moment, and I challenge each one of you to look at this. 
in that moment when you reach in a dead end situation and you surrender, basically what we surrender, we surrender our knowing we know it all or who we are in a sense of like, yeah, I, I've used all of this, I'm this and surrender to the universe, we surrender to God. Automatically, the immediate thing that happened is we, we get an idea, outside of the box idea. To, or a person is, is calling us or contacting us out of the blue to give a suggestion or opening a door for us. What I mean is like this week, one of the things that we associated with this particular 72 name is to, to acknowledge the process of, of entering my ego, connecting to life by asking ourselves, what is happening? right now how can I be more present in my life right now and be focusing on really live the present and, and to really get up each morning and to say like what a fabulous day it is how amazing the fact that I have my eyes to see from Karen words we both knew Karen right so it's like that I get up each morning and then like what beautiful that I have my eyes to see which I, I can see the sunrise and I can see all these beautiful things it's like really to live in the present. It would mean is to choose life with joy, life with happiness, regardless. Of, it's always a reminder that we may feel or think that we're going through a challenge at the moment. The sun is still shining. There's a joy. And like, honestly, in five years from now, we'll look back. <laughs> it will not mean anything. Wow, that's so powerful. I actually felt like that this week. So I feel like this is kind of coming as like a message also for myself. I was talking with someone and said, I don't know, I feel kind of hope. And I used the word yeah. hope. I said, I, I yeah. feel like I've exhausted every resource I have here. So now how would I use the, the nun yud tough? Do I, like, I know it's like, like you said, it's a portal of energy that I can connect to this mm -hmm. energy of life. How do you recommend people work with these letters? Because I'm going to get off and start meditating. <laughs> Well, meditation is one thing. I, I assume that most of the people that are connecting with us use meditation mm -hmm. for connection. Meditation can be in different forms, by the way. It doesn't have to be just closing our eyes and visualization or, or desire to hear something. Sometimes just to take a moment of space for yourself and you can visually, and I'll share with you later the new new tab you can share on your Instagram account, it's like you can visual the letters because the power of the letters themselves. Each letter is a vehicle to connect us to choose life. And so this week we have we are able to have like a glimpse of connecting to immortality in a sense of like touching endless without limitation. So we can exercise it also. Besides, so one thing is meditating. The second thing is like even to ask ourselves what happens today. How can I connect to joy today, regardless of feeling hopeless or whatever what can i do to this week today okay and and another thing is to bring all those ideas that you had during the year of of creation and choose one thing that you wanted to plant the seed of creation as we end in a year we're starting a new year we in always in like kind of like in an excitement of something new can come up and so this week we understand the the profound secret of new new tough of life by 
and not just meditating, but also bring it into action. So actually, when I'm saying planting the seed, is like, what are the steps that I'm willing to take in order to manifest that particular idea, okay, or dream that I have? So it's really bringing it into manifestation. So this is the power of the new tap also to help us to bring it into manifestation, bring it to life. It's like kind of like using a mandala or a sigil. People kind of have these different mm. you know, symbols that they they carry a certain energy. It's the same idea, but they're just three-letter combinations of the Hebrew letters. Right. So, and one more thing that I wanted to mention is when you were talking about forgiveness and you said that, you know, if you go back to the original situation and you cleanse yourself, you cleanse that, then it opens things up. I remember when... I had a situation happen a couple of years ago and, and it was, it felt familiar. It felt like I'd been in this situation before and it was very strong emotionally. My reaction was very strong. And then I was kind of broken by it. So I became very open and mm. I remember that like somehow I started, this movie came across my path and I watched it because sometimes I feel like the universe communicates through movies, through stories. And it's a movie with Nicole Kidman and it's kind of a scary movie actually it's not really my type of movie but it was like it felt very strong and she basically like had this amnesia where she would forget everything that happened in the day and Mm. at at the end of it when she went to sleep and then she would wake up and she would have to so she kind of had to like trust but it turned out that like she was basically being held captive by somebody but because she couldn't remember so she was being held captive so then she started to realize and make notes and she started to make all these efforts that she could burn, that she would be able to access her memory. And she started like getting smart and, and resourceful. And eventually she was able to free herself of this person who was, had her captive basically. And when she was able to remember who she was it was it's an interesting movie like very simple. i remember it i remember it's kind of dark it. and scary it's very, very scary <laughs> <laughs> the forgiveness is not about forgetting what happened because right. things happen worse not worse depend on the and you know the experience of the person what took place it's all about forgetting what happened it's to give it the room to give it the space acknowledging this feeling understanding that it took place but the main thing in the process of forgiveness is not about, uh, as again, is to cleanse this, but it's not about just uh, forgiving a person who hurt me. It's really forgiving yourself, in a sense. It's like releasing yourself from that hold right. of what took place many years ago. Understand, you mentioned blame earlier. It's not about to be blamed. It's not about to feel guilty that, you couldn't stand up for yourself if something took place. It's like understand that you used all the tools that you could have at that time. You used all the knowledge that you knew at that moment. But now that you grew older or you grew in information, you, you give yourself peace. Like you, you detaching from what happened in a sense of like, okay, that happened. I'm not controlled. It's not controlled anymore. But when I talk about also in a Kabbalistic sense, and you mentioned the tikkun or correction, it's a process of correction. Our soul came here to this world to go through whatever the highs and the lows in order to, for us to not just to learn from it, but to free, free will choose a different behavior, a different 
route for ourselves to connect to our own the path of the soul of that particular soul. So every time that we go through something in our life, and maybe it has been very traumatic or challenging, yeah, we go into a process of healing and so forth. But going back to the to the soul correction is understanding that in the moment in the in time that came that incident or situation came I'll be able to choose to behave differently or experience it in a different way most of the time it's unfortunate but most of the time it really helps us to open more of our heart to help other people later on so you will see that most people who went through certain pain in their life and those are the people that open foundations to help other people. The pain exists, but we transform in the pain in order to share and to help more people. Right. Yes, yeah. this is the this is about that. It's a lifelong journey. It's not like oh, I did this forgiveness. It's done. We're done. There will be moments like few years later that we'll go through the same process again of forgiveness. In one step, we connected to certain situation or certain period of our life. You mentioned memory. We are suppressing a lot. Right. It depends on what we experience. So if we are years late go by and our vessel is growing, which means we are able to handle another memory. It comes to the surface with doing this process, we cleanse it. It's not controlling us anymore. This is the idea. The main thing to reach to a place where when I'm saying it's not controlling us anymore, it doesn't bring us into the common behavior that we have behaved so far due to that. Right. The inner sadness, the anger, the pushing people away from me, trouble in relationship, and so forth. Because our life is not doomed to to fail in every given moment. Our life is not intended to, to not to experience the full blessings that we can. Our journey in this life is really to experience abundance in every area in our life, in every area in our life. So we need to come to a decision within ourselves that we say, okay, I want it all. And you know what? This year, I feel the energy of this year is really the year of I want it all. Yeah. Like I want it all in, in in all areas in money in relationship in love in health everywhere right. but the question that we want to ask ourselves is what am i willing to put in what am i willing to work on to clear to cleanse to bring this i want it all what is my commitment to myself so i just awesome. wanted to share that thank you so much this has been so enlightening and empowering like you mentioned you do you know, readings with the 72 names. She speaks with the letters in a way and can help you on your path, Rachel. And she also does one-on-one -on -one meetings where she presents the information and the process that she talks about today. And you also teach classes at the Kabbalah Center right. in Los Angeles and also online, right? Right, online, uh, live stream, Zoom. I go to people's houses. You also <laughs> do retreats. Yes. Do retreats by request. Rachel is this ninja and brings <laughs> much to us today and to the world. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me to join you in this beautiful podcast of yours. And uh, this is another way of sharing the light. So you're doing it beautifully by sharing with people so much information. 
that that can really help people. So thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody who joined Miracles and Wonders. I truly hope that this episode nourished your spirit and or opened you to a deeper level of connection or a higher perspective. Please subscribe, share it with your friends and family, and leave me a review. I appreciate your support. You can also take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram and I'll add it to my story. Until next time, be well, take care, lots of love, magic, joy, opportunities, and blessing always. Bye-bye. Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker is a production of Yali Christina Podcast Services.